Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to have you here today um, because I have an amazing guest. I have Stacy Lynn Harris, who is a best-selling cookbook author, blogger, speaker, wife, and mother of seven. And I swear this girl just has things that speak to my heart. So thank you so much for coming on today, Stacey. Ah, I am so thrilled to be on here. This is going to be fun. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. So tell me a little bit more about just what you do and we'll go from there. Gosh. Okay. So it, 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 you know, I'm trying to learn right now to batch everything because that I get so much more done in that (laughs) scenario. So it's like one day doesn't look like the other day. Yesterday I uh, did taxes. The day before that I did taxes. (laughs) And so I'm finally (laughs) finished with that. So I did our personal, my business and all that. And then the day before that, I did, you know, their, their reports for the kids. And so, you know, with the homeschooling and I'm, I'm now down to homeschooling only two and my other kids are, um, one's a dentist, one's graduating from law school this year, one's about to graduate with her MBA. And then so, well, thank you, but it's been a, a long road. And, you know, like when you're in it, you don't know how it's going to end up, you know, it's like a very, very long experiment. And so, um, you know, but it was an experiment I felt that the Lord led us to do. So, you know, it's in his hands and it, 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 it would be okay. But anyway, we, um, you know, so homeschooling, um, have a garden, you know, we hunt, I have a show on the outdoor channel. So we just got finished filming for that the week before that. Um, you know, all the other stuff I'm talking about doing. And then the week before that, I was planning all the shows. So um, it's just, it depends on what's going on as far as what I'm doing. But, you know, you can catch me on social media at Stacey Lynn Harris, pretty much all the socials. So, and I try to keep up. Oh, yeah. Good luck with that one. Cause I exactly, <laughs> I know, exactly. Oh, my poor followers. When I'm flying, like half my messages don't even come through. So I don't see them until I like sit down for the night and like yeah and I do have a team that helps me out but there's certain things where I'm like I want to connect with my people you guys are the ones that just make sure my pictures get all posted at the right time you know yes 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 I know so no I definitely feel that one so for my listeners the first time I ever uh came across Stacey Lynn Harris was she was on Jill Winger's podcast which I've been on Jill's myself and have followed her for a long time And I just right off the bat loved that a woman was being celebrated for hunting. Um, Yeah, it's such a great thing. I mean, hunting is, is amazing. Um, And, and, and people don't know it, but it's huge in conservation. You know, if we didn't do it, then, you know, so many things would go extinct and people don't realize that. There's a whole section in my book that talks about why hunters are conservationalists. So yes. I am with you on that one. I grew up, my parents were both uh, members of Safari Club International and every other hunting club there was. And being a girl growing up in California, I grew up in Northern California, which is very rural, but still. We just got back from there. Just got back from a vacation. It is beautiful. It reminds me so much of Alaska. Yeah. What part were you in? Um, we were in, um, I'm thinking of Alaska at this point, but yeah. we were like, where all the sequoias and, you know, the, the, uh, up in that area, um, like in so, the Northern part. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's kind of similar to where I grew up. I grew up right on the South end. Like it's where the wine country meets the redwoods is where I grew up. Well, that's pretty much where we were. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's an absolutely gorgeous place. And, you know, my husband and I talk all the time about how, we wish California hadn't turned into what it had, what it has, yeah, because it yeah. has everything that we could ever want there had it not. Yeah, it's beautiful. Fort Bragg's mm-hmm. is kind of like That's, the area that we were. I grew up 40 minutes from Fort Bragg I, inland. So I, it was in. Inland. Was I grew up in Ukiah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we went through there. Oh, okay, so probably. Was, yeah. 
Yeah, it was great. It was so beautiful. I loved it. You know, mm-hmm. beautiful. So my dad was a pig hunting guy in that area. Oh, because we really? just had pigs like crazy. <laughs> that must mean the family home. <laughs> <laughs> that was his rule. When family got home, come shut the door. So I didn't. Go. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good rule. I like right? it. He's a good. He, he's my really good one, and he's just so sweet and responsible. And how old is he? Five. Okay. That's your five-year-old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He is very responsible coming and shutting the door and he looked older than that. So, yeah. But, um, so yeah, growing up there, uh, even with it being a very rural area, I was definitely looked at as the weird, weird girl for being so involved in hunting as I was with my dad. And I mean, I even, he was a guide. We went to trade shows. My first time ever being published was in a hunting magazine. Wow. That is fantastic. Yeah. I wrote an article on reopening mountain lion hunting. Okay. Yeah. So hmm, with all the statistics and how the state could actually save money, but yeah. <laughs> okay. That is great. When, how old were you when you wrote that? Uh, well, I was in my twenties, but yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. That is great. So, um, yeah. So like I said, the first time I heard you speak on that, it was just like, wow, this is like the first time I've heard it, you know, highlighted, spotlighted like this. And it was really exciting for me. Well, a lot of homesteaders don't hunt because they have, um, they have animals, domesticated animals, you know, on their farm and we have chickens, um, but we don't have cattle, um, you know, cause we do most of our farming here. And like, I, I live on seven acres and so we have a garden and we've got chickens and we've had bees. We don't have them anymore, but we had bees and um, you know, we, we did pretty much everything. And for our meat, we hunted, but we don't, you know, besides the chickens, you know, we, we would hunt and that's just how we've always done it. And uh, most people don't do it, whether they may live in a state that the laws are, you know, you can only get one a year or you got to get a tag, you know, and all that, but, you know, um, hunting and fishing is a fabulous way to supplement your homestead. Good. When you have the number of kids that like we have, when everyone one deer, Exactly. That's, I mean, you're solid. Yeah, you are. And it is great. And here in Alabama, we can get more, you know, like we can get, um, it changes every year, but I think they got like 16 deer or something, you know, this year. So it, it's been really great. And then we have dove and we have pheasant, and you know, we don't do that quite as much duck. Um, and then tur- it's turkey season right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll have turkeys. And so I like working with the turkeys and the deer the best, I think, because you get this bulk of meat instead of having to sit there with a squirrel and, you know, get this tiny amount. It's a lot of work. Sometimes, yeah, it's just not. Yeah. You know, we, or then like the neighbors, I mean, we get elk tags up here, but the neighbors called the other day. They said, Hey, you know, we have a depredation permit for an elk, um, for the elk that are getting into our hay. And so we just took down this big old, um, cow, uh, herd cow. Can you guys, do you guys just want to come get her? (laughs) yes (laughs) that'd be great in the Um, middle of the night where you know we all run over there and we get this elk and I mean yeah we spent the next two or three days getting her all cut up and I mean that's our red meat for most of the year that is great isn't that isn't that the best to know that you don't have to go to the store I mean a lot of times we'll you know I don't want to go to the store one week and I think it's good not to, you know, um, as much as you can and just kind of work with what you have and get rid of the things that you have and clean out and see what you have. And, you know, you can do that for like a month like around here. Yeah. We could do it a month because we have the meat, you know, um, we've got it, we've got a big freezer and, you know, it, it, that works for us unless the freezer goes bad. Um, and you can, yeah, I I have two several times. Um, and you can refreeze meat if it's still cold. Um, which a lot of people we've done that too. (laughs) Yep. We've done that. I've gotten everything out and cooked it and then refroze, you know, Mm -hmm. then refreeze it. Um, and I've done just about everything because we've had this happen probably four or five times. Dog food makes really great dog food. That's a good idea. I didn't think about because a lot of times, you know, we'll have a package that was just gonna be stew meat or jerky meat or something. Thawed out twice, you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, that's a good idea. We actually, whenever we butcher anything, we keep all the scraps and we put them in Ziplocs. And then once a week or every other week, my daughter throws them in the Instapot with all the like potatoes that are starting to get soft, leftover milk or something like that. Or if I bought plain yogurt for something and then nobody ate it, that all goes in and that's extra dog food for like, especially our great Pyrenees. So that is a great idea. 
Mm-hmm. That is a very good idea. I love I that. always say keep the protein on the farm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I had never thought about that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a very good idea. Yeah. So, I mean, we totally get it with that, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where, yeah, we still raise domestic meat. I mean, we're actually, we're pig farmers. So right, right. Mean, we have tons of pork. And honestly, if you've ever had wild pork, you <laughs> well, we have a lot of, you think that, and, well, uh, and some, but we have a lot of wild pigs mm-hmm. and we've been getting them because we, well, they've about overtaken our farm. So within the deer, you know, mm-hmm. they, they it, it, the population decreases and um, our turkey population. So our turkey populations increased this year because last year we got 400 pigs off of our property. So, and so we did eat you know, a lot of pig, yeah, a lot of those. And so I learned how to cook it right. But domesticated, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I, I kind of think of them as completely different meats yeah. because well, they're just- being a pig hunting guide. I ate more. So like if we have a, you know, uh, we had a boar that only it, he will, we thought he was a barrow, but he still had one nut. And, uh, when we butchered him, he had a little boar taint to him. Okay. My, my husband could not handle it. He's like, nope, you're not cooking it in the house. Like, even if you feed it to the dogs, you're cooking it outside. And I'm like, oh, this is fine. It's just a little, it's just a mild boar taint, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. To, yeah. I've yeah. Been, you know, 400 pound wild boar that I'm not even sure how people get that down, but. <laughs> well, I think there's, I mean, you know, we've made bacon out of it. We've smoked mm-hmm. um, and, and it was a big, big <clears throat> one, um, but it wasn't all that bad but I don't know maybe it was just not eating the same stuff that that one was and I think at different times of the year they taste different mm-hmm. that you know is true. yeah I got a goose one year and it it would I, I could not even cook the thing I would you know you think if you pound it out this is the way that I do really tough meat so you pound mm-hmm. it out and you get all that connective tissue muscle fiber all broken up and you put it in the pan that it's going to fry up and it's going to be nice and tender well mm-hmm. that's what I had envisioned I go to do it and I, you know, put the, you know, the oil in there. I get it sizzling hot, just like I do always put in the goose. And after I had tenderized it, you know, gotten it all, just, you know, all pounded, pounded out, put it in there and it just shrunk. It just went like, it was like, it turned into like about as big as the palm of my hand when it had been, you know, a big, big like steak. Yeah. And, you know, looking and anyway, I, but that's the only time that ever happened. But I was like, I wonder if it was the time of the year. I don't know. I I, I absolutely do not know. But I will say if you're going to make goose, one of my favorite ways, and I did it on the show just recently, I smoked the goose breast mm-hmm. and um, made salami out of it. Ooh, and it was absolutely delicious. It was so good. And so we had it with a little goat cheese on a cracker and it, it was a great. So the same neighbors that get depredation for the elk, they get them for turkey as well. Okay. Okay. The turkeys harass the the cows. (laughs) Sounds dumb. Worst. Yeah, they strap out the cows and then they're not eating good and you know that type of thing. So we'll go over there and um we can just go over and get, you know, as many as we can get off their land for them. That's so great. Mm -hmm. And we'll come home and just breast them all out and we wrap them. So lucky. Yeah, yeah, and then we, we smoke them and slice them for a oh, lunch no. meat, and then just freeze it like whole breasts at the time at a time, and it is just amazing. That's a great idea. That's a really good idea. I may need that's, to do that. Well, and see, that's one of the ones I teach on is, you know, we just there's certain things we're just so ingrained that you would just buy at the store. Yeah, yeah, like lunch meat. You don't have to. Yeah, or that if you think about it, you know, oh, I had a steak. Okay, I'm having a steak sandwich. Afterwards, people don't think about preparing their lunch meats and stuff out of the roasts and things like that, that they get from whether it's hunting or what they're doing on their farm or they're at the grocery store and there's a sale on prime rib or something. Exactly. Exactly. That's you're so right. I know with the salami meat that we had, we made um, Rubens, you know, the next day, which is really good, you know, on Hawaiian rolls. And, you know, put the mustard in the, the, um, the, not the coleslaw. Um, what do you put on those? The, I make it all the time out of cabbage. <laughs> I don't know how my, my, my oh, sauerkraut. 
Yes, there you go. So the sauerkraut and, you know, and all of that together. And it was just delicious. So, um, you know, you can, and I'm going to do that with the turkey. I, I had not, I've I made it for lunch meat before, but I hadn't thought about making it into lunch meat and then putting it in the freezer. Yeah. And especially when you have a bunch like that, I mean, it just yeah. really, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, we're constantly trying to do things like that. You know, my husband wanted to surprise me when I got home from my last trip and he smoked a five pound cheese stuff meatloaf oh yum it was delicious I love that yeah but he forgets that our teenagers are out of the house now and stuff and so we don't need a five pound meatloaf yes yes so I ended up the next night I made I fried meatloaf steaks in bacon grease in the cast iron skillet and made potato salad to go with that and then last night he chopped it and did basically corned beef hash but with yeah smoked meatloaf chunks see that is so good yeah. and then you can have it for sandwiches too I love a meatloaf sandwich and I love mayonnaise I mean you know none of my kids my husband nobody but I am a mayonnaise lover. I love mayonnaise I mean it's That's terrible and I, I I think my dad was from middle Tennessee and he put mayonnaise on everything and so I think it just kind of yeah the first time my husband saw me put mayonnaise in my chili, I think he was ready to leave me. And then I was like, you got to try a bite. And then it's we'll pretty good. Actually, I've never done it. but It sounds pretty dang good. Oh, man. You put like, um, you know, cheese and like yeah. cornbread and then like a spoonful yeah. of mayonnaise. Oh, yeah. It's so I'm good. Try it. I usually do the sour cream, but I'm going to try the mayonnaise. because It's I'm different not. with the mayonnaise. It gets that little bit of like a sweetness with the cornbread and stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'll put it on my hamburgers and stuff. And, and you know, my family's looking at me like, what in the world? But it just makes it so much better. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm like, okay, extra mayo, you know? Right. But, and making your own is really not that hard either. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you've got eggs and oil, yeah. and I say oil funny, so oil, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> people, people will actually write me emails and say, um, they'll make up a poem. I've had people make poems up with the word oil in it that rhymes with other things. Anyway, it's just real funny, but oh, they're not, they're not trying to be mean, but uh, yeah. some well, wasn't, my dad was from middle Tennessee and my husband lived in the South after the military. So I, I completely understand what you're saying. Okay, good, good, good. We don't have to put the <laughs> actions up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, funny. But yeah, so you guys, I mean, you involve your kids in hunting too. Yes, and they all love it. Every one of our kids. And so, you know, I didn't like hunting when I first got married because I felt like it kind of took away from me. And, you know, and and I was like, I don't know, the insecure, I guess, wife. But but time went on, you know, I decided, okay, I'm going to get on board here and I'm going to I'm going to do something in this. And so I learned how to cook it before I started really hunting it. And um, it was just amazing, the transformation of our food and the flavor, everything was so good. And so when each child came along, I worried about, um, I wonder if they're going to like this because Scott, he hunts all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like every day of the weekend and several days of the week. And he cut back to just several days of the week. And, but he took, you know, all the kids from the time, you know, they could get in a backpack and, you know, and they might not could walk yet, but he would take them. And so they've all just been hunting ever since. And then I have breastfed on the side of a mountain. So yeah, there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All my kids. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what you breastfed or you probably both. I don't know if I, bre- if I was going breastfeeding, but I breastfed my babies on the side of the mountain. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. here. And you just do what you do. You know, you just do it. I was fishing the day I got out of the hospital having one of the children um, because I knew they were star crazy. They had been in the house for Uh days while I was having the baby. And so I was like, we need to go fishing. And so I just, so he was three days old and he was already fishing. So we just do it. It's just the best thing for large families. You can do that together. It is mm-hmm. a sport. It is interesting. You are getting food. It, you're you're teaching them conservation early. You're teaching them the cycle of life early. You're teaching them to respect nature early. Um, it, it just it teaches them everything. Teamwork, even because depending on what you're hunting, everything you want to know. I know when we were homeschooling and, you know, we would ask the, the boys, you know, especially, do you want to, you know, play football um, this year? And they're like, in that during hunting season. And we're like, yeah. And they're like, no, thank you. And so, yeah, no, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, no uh, we're not missing out, you know, on the mm-hmm. hunting. Stuff, you know, that was actually 
<clears throat> our boys wrestled um, a few years back and that would start during hunting season. Oh yeah. And that was one of the catalysts to us starting to homeschool is, Hey, we can hunt all day long. Everybody else is at school. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's awesome. It's awesome. We had a lot of fun with that for a long time. I mean, we, that was when, um, <clears throat> like Onyx, uh, hunting app, like, yeah, first uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, yeah, yeah. And we were living in the high desert of Oregon at the time. Wow. And my, I was like, look at all these lakes. There's lakes everywhere. And I'm just so drawn to water, not oceans. Just I'm drawn to like mountain lakes, rivers, creeks, like just I, be there. yes, yes. And so we basically went on this mission. My husband's a disabled vet, so he's a stay-at-home dad. Every day it was like find a new lake somewhere on this app and figure out how to get there. Wow. And wow. I mean, even if it awesome. wasn't hunting season. So I mean, we were we would drive as far as we could and we'd hike the rest of the way. And I mean, when my five-year-old that walked in here a minute ago, when he was three weeks old, I had a C-section. At three weeks old, we hiked six miles down the Pacific Crest. Oh, 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 that's something. Because yeah. th- I had a C-section with my second one. And I I just, oh my gosh. I was like, yeah. I cannot, I, I'm not going to do this again. If right. I, can. I had to have C-sections every time. And, every time? Oh. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was so bad with my three-year-old. I was just miserable. And I'd get out of bed. And as soon as I'd get out of bed, I'd feel like I was just going to collapse because I was just hurting so bad. I told my husband, like, I just, I got to get out of the house. Like, I don't even care what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go for a drive. We'll try not to hit too many bumpy roads, you know? (laughs) And we came up on the Pacific Crest Trail on some mountain back road. And he's like, well, do you want to get out and check it out for a little bit? Well, it's a real, during that, through that area, it was pretty flat, but it wasn't terrible. I ended up three miles out and, you know, then three miles back to the car. That's right after impressive. a C-section. <laughs> That's impressive because it takes a little while to get back. One mm-hmm. of my friends, she had them with everyone and she seemed to be okay. I mean, she, she but she didn't know any different. It's just yeah. when you have them regular, it, it's, it, I, you can snap back like three days. You're fine. Yeah. I had and twins yeah. first that were like full Frank and breach and seven pounds a piece. So. Oh yeah. my gosh. You're kidding me. I do yeah. not know how people do that. I do not. I cannot imagine having twins. When people are like, are twin, you know, what's harder, twins or a single? Well, they asked me that before I ever had any of my singles. And I'm like, oh no. Like, uh, <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And wow. now actually when I look back on it, it was easier having twins. How is that? Um, you know, at first it was hard because, you know, like when you're going through all the like changing all the diapers and that type of stuff. And, you know, breastfeeding in the middle of the night, like, yeah, that yeah. that's definitely hard. Yeah, yeah. But once they got like six months old and passed, yeah, yeah, had someone to play with all the time. Yeah, that does help a -hmm. lot because I know with with my oldest son, he, you know, being by himself for two and a half years, you know, and it's like you're their playmate. And I felt Mm -hmm. like I needed to play all the time. One of my friends kept saying, You do not have to play all the time. And I'm like, Yeah, 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 I really do. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so, I was playing constantly. And then, you know, when I had the next baby, you know, a year later, it's like, then they started playing and it's so much easier to have more children. And I don't know, it would have been really hard to homeschool. Like if you just had one, mm-hmm. um, I think it would be really difficult. And I'm about to have just one here. Um, she's 13 and I have a book tour coming up next year. So she'll probably go on that with me. I was going to so say, just take travel. her with you. Yeah. And I always take at least one of the kids with me pretty mm-hmm. much where I go. And so um, it, it's great. It's, it's an awesome thing because then you get that one-on-one time and, you know, you mm-hmm. get to teach them different things and how to travel. And yeah. before I started doing this, I really didn't know how to travel that well because I did not ever go anywhere. Yeah. And when you have a homestead, it's hard to go places, um, you know, anyway, because you, you, mm-hmm. you have to get people to take care of all your animals. So yeah, that's, I travel with usually my 14 year old daughter. Yes. Yes. And she is a gem. Like I took my 14 year old son with me on my last trip and boys just don't think the same way. Different. It's different. Just don't think. Yeah. This way. Well, and 14 year olds, boys, 
there's something to behold. And so I had three and, and I have really, really good kids and they, they love the Lord, but boy, oh boy. I mean, 14 is a weird, weird age. So for all, every one of them. So yeah. it, it must be for the whole world, right? Because <laughs> no, everybody have, knows it or not. The watch out, right? We have two, um, two older boys. I, you know, in my our birth stories, I did not give birth to them. Their mother passed away. They were my husband's first, late wife, okay. and I've been raising them since they were real little. So um, they're my boys. Yeah, my seventeen-year-old is extreme. So I tell him that raising him hurts as bad as giving birth. So he better call me mama. <laughs> <laughs> and. It, it, it goes pretty well, but yeah, so we've gone through 14 with both of them. And I was just like, I was ready to sell them. And now, you know, my first, my oldest is now turning 14 and I'm just like, Oh yeah. But I you mean, know, it's going to be great when they hit 17 to 19, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, and, and, you know, and they're on the right track. They they're it's, it's, it's so much better. They don't know what to do with those, all those hormones. I, they just absolutely right. do not know what they're doing. Oh, you know, our 18 year old, he's doing great. I mean, he actually, he just moved out um, because he works as an electrician's apprentice. Yes. And we're 45 minutes from town. And so, and then he's starting a program at the community college. It's another hour away. And he's like, I just can't do the two hours, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. So he rented a place with a buddy because it makes more sense for them. But he's been working as an electrician's apprentice since he was, he started working for the guy when he was 15. Wow. Wow. That's so great. We need electricians and we need more plumbers too. And, right. you know, plumbers make a mint. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Scott's just like, I don't think I can afford a plumber to go over, but they're like $250, you know, just to come, you know, look at something. Mm-hmm. So, um, Every time. So maybe that's what I should get my 14 year old to be doing. He wants well, to be a, uh, a farm engineer, like an ag engineer. Well, good. Yeah. Well, awesome. And so that's all he talks about looks at well maybe <laughs> like, he's meant, maybe he's meant to do it you know mm-hmm. um I think everybody's kind of bent in a certain way and they sort of know from the beginning kind of what they want to do and you know I I always wanted to be a lawyer um and I ended up doing that but oh wow but then I, I you know then we I had children and you know I I felt like yeah. I can't take care of somebody's life I mean when you're talking lawyer usually it's you know, not, not so much life and death, but it affects their life in such a way. And I wanted to be able to mm-hmm. give my all to that. And I just really couldn't. And I wanted to have children and, you know, put pour into them. And I thought, you know, I might could change some people's lives, you know, being a lawyer, but having seven kids and pouring into them and then them changing people's lives is going to be way more effective. So um, that's pretty much what I chose to do. That's amazing. I am. I mean, I, I applaud you on that because I, you know, I did the same thing. I found my career and then went back to being mom and now yes. I'm creating that career and realizing what I actually should be doing. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. it was, I've always been into like problem solving. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I just have like recreated that, you know, of course, agriculture is, I don't know. I told someone the other day, I said, um, I'm going through a really bad breakup with my first love. And they were like, what are you talking about? I said, agriculture. I found out they're doing things behind my bag. <laughs> <laughs> that is so bad. But, but um, it, I mean, that's been my first love all along, you know, and I majored in ag and I worked in ag and knew that that was the only thing I was ever going to do. But when I worked in the food plants, that was what I did. It was the problem solver. I made sure that we met all the regulations and those types of things. Yeah. So then when I stepped back and overly managed my children for a few years, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I then I started my business, which is, you know, I found the need and I filled it with the curriculum, but I also do coaching and have a membership and stuff where I help people work through these problems on their own farms and homesteads. And oh, stuff. that is fantastic. Yeah. Cause yeah. I can just, I can listen to someone for like five to 10 minutes and have just a plethora of ideas and that's so good. I just realized that's what I needed to be doing. So that is great. And, you know, a lot of times we don't find, I feel like when we, when we give up what we think we're supposed to do, um, or we know we're supposed to change avenues. Mm -hmm. And when we give up that one thing, it, it, it opens up a whole new world of where you're, where you may really 
have meant to be the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, and that kind of, I feel like that sort of happened with you. I think it happened with me too. Um, you know, and you feel a need that no one else can feel. Um, yeah. and where your first job really, I mean, somebody else could do it. This particular one, not really, because it's all in your head. You know, you know, you you've got all of the knowledge that other people don't have to do what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those ones where it's you can say, like, you know, I mean, even like you're like, I'm a chef on the outdoor channel. But what you're really able to do is you're like teaching people outside of the box and something new to do with something that's always been done the same way. Yes. Yes. And I mean, there's just something so more and larger to what we're doing. Yes. Yes. I mean, a lot, a lot bigger because, you know, then you're teaching people n not just to live mediocre, um, at least it, in my world and, and probably yours too, because I'm sure that that's what you're teaching, um, but to live full to live bigger mm -hmm. I mean I feel like and this was another thing that about the wild game you are able to have so much on your table so much variety so you go to the store and you've got steaks and chicken and the creativity that goes along with cooking wild game or or cooking straight off of the farm um cooking you know even even packaging up your own honey or you know getting your own eggs it, there's so much creativity in all of that that you don't get if you're not doing this and i want people to live more complete if if that makes any sense and more creatively and we get to create all day long with what we do we're getting to create yes. and so when I'm on the outdoor channel teaching people to cook what I'm really doing is trying to get them out of their box and to say okay oh my gosh you can make Chinese food with this because people you know they're like oh I'm just gonna wrap something in and you know wrap a um, jalapeno pepper with bacon and stuff it with the cream cheese and the venison and that's what I'm gonna do and that's how we're gonna eat it and that's mm -hmm. it. And they don't realize that the whole world is opened up to you. You've got dove, you've got, um, you've got turkey, you can eat goose, you can eat, you know, um, all fish in every way the, it's like the sky's the limit to the and food that you put on the table. What you're using with it. And the fact that you don't want to waste every little bit that you have. I mean, it just, yes. makes, yeah, I mean, it, it just like keeps it going. And yes, you know, I saw that with my husband when I first met him, you know, he'd been a hunter his whole life too. And um, he's like, yeah, we make buck steaks and jerky. Yeah. And that's and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Oh man. I just realized like my mic was way over here. Who knows what all my stuff sounds like today. Uh, uh, well, I can hear you fine. I don't know. <laughs> okay, Good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, he was the first time I made like, I don't know, it was like a beef barley soup, but I made it with uh, venison. He was like, I don't know. Like I'll try it. Like whatever. And I mean, now he's, he's right on board with me on everything, like trying to figure out how to do something different with it or use it to its fullest advantage. Yeah. 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 I and mean, you, like you're saying to use everything you've got, you know, you can, you know, your stocks and then you can mm -hmm. take the, the, um, the bones, the fish bones anyway, and, you know, put around your plants like the Indians used mm -hmm. to do. You can, you know, put the other stuff in your compost pile and, and here in the South that decomposes super fast. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you can do that. Uh, not so I, much when it's negative 27, but you know. yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> yeah. You could, probably, <laughs> you could probably just bury something alive and it'll, it'll, it'll probably, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, you will, you'd be surprised some of the things we find in our yard when the snow melts. So, wow. Oh my gosh. We I have six, imagine. we have six big dogs. So like, yeah, they'll go, I don't know. I don't, they probably like kill a fawn on the property or something. Oh, wow. And then there'll be a snowstorm and then everything freezes. And then in the spring I have a fawn in my yard. Oh my gosh. Oh, who knew? yeah. And then they try to bring it back in to keep eating it. We had a moose leg in our living room one time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. The name there was somebody had hit a moose and left it on the side of the road and our dogs found the leg and brought it in through the doggy door at night. So that's, that's something. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like something, I mean, even like with chickens, I mean, that's not, you know, the wild game, but when I, I, I cook a whole chicken, yeah. we eat, like we pop the breasts out and like have it on a salad for lunch with our family. Right. I take the rest of the meat and I, um, do like, I, I make my broth and I do a uh, chicken soup with that. Yeah. And then, like, but I pull all the extra meat off, 
Once right. I get done with making my broth and I strain it, right. all, the meat and veg- all the little chunks of meat and vegetables that are in there, yeah. I chop them and I turn them into egg rolls. Oh yeah. How great is that? So, I mean, it's like, that's three meals out of one chicken. Yeah. That is for the six or seven people that are still living in my house right now. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's perfect. It's just not, and you know, I had to even go down a whole nother path with this myself. My husband got sick a few years ago and we had to figure out a new way of eating. Cause I'd always been, you know, we'd always been hunters and had our gardens and stuff. And I thought I was a home cooker and I really wasn't. And, um, from, I, I, you know, I blame our mothers and grandmothers for giving up on cooking and buying everything in a box, but yes, yes, yes. but, uh, yeah, I had to like kind of reinvent that. And to be at first when we switched over, I couldn't grow how much we needed fast enough. So I was having to buy a lot at the store and I'm like, if I'm paying, you know, $12 for an organic chicken, right. Um, I'm getting everything I can out of this organic chicken. Yeah, exactly. Cause this is oh. expensive. They are outrageous. <laughs> I had a, um, I went to a dermatologist probably 15 years ago and I said something about having chickens and she was like, I'll trade you like product, you know, for one chicken, like, you know, and you know how much, ex- how expensive all that stuff mm-hmm. is, you know, whatever. And, um, I was like, golly, this is insane. Cause that it, right. it it's like she was willing to pay like $35 or something for, for one chicken, you know, because it was organically raised and, you know, she knew that, that we had raised it right. And, and then it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, and have- I kind of, although I kind of laugh too, because I'll, I'll actually watch my chickens when they're free ranging, pick like undigested grain out of oh, pig yeah. and, like pig and horse and cow poo. And I'm like, yep, that's my organic chicken. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I was kind of laugh at that one. I mean, for me, I'm like, great. I know that they're everything on my farm is getting used, you know? <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. And I, I mean, everything, Yeah, everything is getting used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and, you know, I took our food budget from 1500 a month to 300 a month when wow. we switch over. Yeah. Oh my. That is fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, I do, some of my inputs went into the farm, but then when you consider the non-monetary gains that come back from the farm, it was, yes. it was amazing. So what, um, with your husband's diet, what, how, why did you, what did you change? Uh, okay. So he was diagnosed with liver disease. Oh, um, we think it's something from Iraq. We're not really sure. Cause we wow. can't really pinpoint it to anything else. Yeah. Um, they basically told him, get your affairs in order. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was really scary. He was only like 33. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. And so we're like, well, what do we do? What are our options? They're like, well, some people find eating naturally helps. <laughs> I'd be like, um, okay, surely that's <laughs> not the advice you're giving me. Yeah, no, that was literally the advice. Like, did it work? Yeah. I mean, how's he doing? Is he doing, He's doing great? Okay. Um, we made, you know, several changes, but um, he had a biopsy in January. Yeah. On his liver. And they told him like, you know, we see a little bit of cirrhosis in there, like a little bit of scarring, but you know, most 42 year old men have a little bit of that. Okay. Other than that, I didn't even see any fatty liver. Wow. So they're like, you have a very healing liver. Like you're good. Good. So, so they're. So you're pretty much just living off the land. Mm-hmm. The living off part. the land, we switched to, um, you know, he was blown up three times in Iraq, so he does have some pain issues, and oh. we switched to more natural um, uh, pain Medicaid. management. Uh-huh. Yeah, what um, do you know, uh, mainly essential oils, mm-hmm. and that um, seems pretty good. For it him. does, yeah. Um, He's still, you know, he'll have a long day working on the farm and he's like, oh yeah, I'm taking a muscle relaxer tonight. Okay. Okay. But definitely, um, when he keeps on a regimen of making sure that he's taking all of his vitamins, like, and working on his gut health. And then when he just for staying on top of regular pain, he takes like essential oil type yeah. pain management, yeah. um, more topical uses, bathtubs, you know, with the oils, right. or yeah. some oral routes and stuff that he can stay off of the stronger medications unless he actually has an injury rather than just daily life. Okay. And I mean, he's done really good. He's lost 60 pounds. Gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, what do y'all, did you change the way that you're eating? Did you eat more protein or just not as much fat? How did, how, tell me about that. Honestly, we actually raised our fat a little bit. Really? Um, because at that, at that time is when we switched to um, having a dairy cow. Okay. So that we didn't have to worry about what was coming in from the commercial milk. Okay. And that he'd also We've get been talking about that. And now Scott, we were talking the other day, how they take everything out and then they put it all back in, you know, to yep. the, when they do the, um, homogenization, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we're like, is milk really, well, to me at that point, it's not even milk anymore. Mm-hmm. So I would like to, you know, we've, we've been able to find somebody here that sells, you know, the milk, they, I think they pasteurize it, but they don't do anything else to it. And so, you know, we've been looking for that, but it's like 45 minutes away from here. And is it yeah. that worth it? I don't know. You know, I mean, it's when we first got started, we went with, uh, we had one small cow She's a half Jersey, half Dexter. We've kept her calf on her. So we only did once a day milking. Um, at first I was really scared of the raw milk growing, you know, being a food safety person for years. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I was like, uh, indoctrinated to believe that that was the devil. <laughs> right, right, right. Now that right. I've done more research, but also with his liver disease and I was pregnant at the time, we did low heat pasteurization. Okay. Which means we only went to 165 degrees and then we dropped it right back down to, um, 40 degrees as fast as we could. So we had like an ice bath in the kitchen. Okay. And, um, from there I could still get a cream line. I could still make cheese and yogurt and everything out of it. That Um, is so cool. Yeah. And, you know, we did hit those higher temperatures. And like I said, I was more concerned with his liver disease and me being pregnant. I didn't want any risks of like listeria or E. coli or anything like that. Yes. Um, now we don't pasteurize at all. Okay. Um, Yeah. We just drink it raw. Oh, that is so fun. I need to come visit. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had it straight out of a cow because we don't have them. There's, um, and, and, you know, I really would love to do that. And maybe we should get a cow. You know, maybe it's a consideration. I am, or, you know, maybe find like somebody else who wants a cow and you split the time and effort, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It just, or another nice thing about it is, like if we get a dairy cow, we'll breed her to a beef bull every year. And then that calf is our food two years later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even if you guys not doing a lot of beef and stuff, well, you, we've you done, use those beef fats for making your like blending with your burgers and stuff. Oh yeah. And we will do that because a lot of my recipes are like half, half beef, half venison. Um, a lot of my burgers are that way, but I want good beef. And so my mom and my stepdad will, um, we will go in and have, you know, a a cow and we can tell the person what we want and how we want it finished Mm -hmm. off, you know, whatever. And so it works out really good. And I love doing that. And you know, everybody thinks just because you get a dairy cow that you can't ever leave. And that's not the case, especially if you leave the calf on. Yes. Yes. And then if you want milk, you pull the calf off for 12 hours and go milk her. Okay. I mean, you still need to have a cow that's comfortable with you and that she's worked with and that type of stuff, but it does make it where it's an option, but yeah. So raw milk is actually alive. Okay. It's got bacteria. It's got enzymes. It's got all those things that you need. I am going to have to have this. Okay. So you have convinced (laughs) me I came on here and I have learned a lot. And so I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But you know, it's just, we switched to that. So actually, like I said, I think our fat um, intake actually went up because we went to raw milk where we were, you know, we make our coffee creamer out of the cream off of our milk line and stuff. Uh-huh. We even, I started doing a homemade sweetened condensed milk so I could make coffee creamer. So, oh man, this sounds like a new thing for me. Okay. This is oh, it's so thing. yummy. You, I mean, that you know, maybe find food. a place where you can buy it. Are you near a border anywhere? Like mm. are you right in the middle of Alabama or we are, but the guy, we have some property, um, that we hunt and mm-hmm. it's a lot more acres and, um, okay. and you know, it's pretty big. And well, I just meant all the dumb rules with buying milk, buying raw milk. Sometimes you can like sneak over the border and get it. You know, I didn't say that. I know that's okay. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, um, I'm not all about rules. I'm, I'm not big into rules, <laughs> but the guy, um, that that's next to us, he's a, a cattle farmer. And so okay. 
it's a possibility he's not really the nicest man mm-hmm. but maybe we can find somebody else around there that yeah because there's a couple of cattle farms right around there it's so nice too to have like your own butters and creams and yeah you know I think that you know and I've done a lot of research over the years you know from tons of different like educators and stuff out there um I tend to stay away from the influencers and stick with the educators but that's right. nice right. um but there, I mean, there's so much information out there about this raw milk movement that I was just like, oh my gosh, why? Yeah. But it, yeah, it has helped my husband, especially just with all his gut health, because your gut health is directly related to like your serotonin production. Okay. Yeah. That's neat. And so we really focus on a lot of that, which, and he can't bring himself to eat some of the other fermented foods. So if I can get him to eat live foods, you know, then you're good. So, so yeah, sauerkraut's out for him. Yep. Sauerkraut's out. I love sauerkraut and it's so easy to make, you know, I mean, it's just Uh massaging that salt in there. Well, I heard fermented tomatoes are really good. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to give that a shot this year. Okay, good. Yeah. And you could probably cook with them but then I think if you cook with them it doesn't it kills the bacteria you yeah. know that but but that would still be really really good um yeah. I, I make a tomato um I haven't done it in a while but a tomato dressing for salads and stuff and it is like you Ooh. could just drink it when it's ma- made oh. you know out of those fresh tomatoes out of the garden but I'm wondering if that fermented tomato might be good to make a dressing out of and he can well I it. heard it's you know it's basically just tastes like a fresh tomato that's really salty Okay. There you go. I think and that's I'm like, like that's dressing. how I eat my fresh tomatoes anyways. So makes <laughs> a little mayonnaise in there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. hey, uh, hey, a, a tomato sandwich on white bread with mayonnaise and salt and pepper. Perfect is... food. I know the perfect thing. Add some bacon to it and it's even mm, better. I like it. Yeah. Just like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, but, but venison sandwiches like that are really good too. Um, I'm kind of changing that up a little bit, you know, because I like to have goat cheese with mm-hmm. the venison and then, you know, you could add the tomato and all that. It is so good. Do you make your own goat cheese? Uh, no, we don't have goats. Okay. But I, okay. I make, um, I make cheese with our, uh, cows. Meals. So yeah. Okay. okay. But yeah. then I want to learn more on that one. We actually, we took a year where we let the cows be dry for a year and now they're being bred back. Okay. Okay. Um, we just seasons of life, you know, I do know, I know it's <laughs> ever changing, you know, with kids and what I have found, um, you know, so I didn't get to post on social media and I, I really wish that I wouldn't feel guilt about that, but I didn't get to yesterday because I was working up until the time I went to bed just on, you know, just taxes, you got to do things, you know? And yeah. so just doing, you know, the, the, the ordinary things. And then, then I might need, you know, one of my kids was here that, you know, I needed to talk to. And so I was like, while he's here, I'm going to talk to him. And, you know, it's like, so it's just seasons of life. Like you're, you're saying, and you're mm-hmm. going to you know, choose family. Um, well, like you know, we're not doing first, school right now. Yeah. There's yeah. no way we can keep up on school when I'm on the road and my husband's running the farm and yes. the kids and all of the things I'm obligated to do. Like, cause I'm a 4-H leader. I teach at our co-op and yes. if I'm on the road, who's the 4-H leader and the co-op teacher, my yeah. husband. Right. And I mean, and really the kids, they, they will learn. I mean, and, yeah. and I, they will catch up. You know, if you started to do something, if they can learn everything in in three months period, you mm-hmm. know, for that entire year, if, if we you know, actually, right on it. We do a lot of school in the summer. Yeah, we do too. Um, you know, we get up in the mornings when it's still cool. I mean, it gets like light at four o'clock in the morning here. Yes. So we'll get up and work for a few hours and then we'll sometimes come back in and take a nap yes. and school at the heat of the day. Yes. And in the evenings, when it starts to cool off, we'll head off into the mountains and go like huckleberry picking or something. Yeah. That's so and fun. while we're driving, I'll read to the kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. You know, like right now, my daughter, she's traveling with me. She got up. I was speaking at an event and she was sitting up front Yeah. and I said something about her and somebody was like, well, I have a question for her then. And yeah. she stood yeah. up and spoke to a room of 150 people. Yeah. Well, and she's you- learning so much just uh, by being with you. I mean, because she's learning how to run a business, what it takes, how mm-hmm. to talk to people, um, which is like half of every career really is, you right. know, how to talk to people and how to make them feel comfortable and, you know, all of that. It, and it is a learning thing. It's a learning process. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have somebody to watch do it, then they're not going to yeah. be able to do it. 
And then my son, he, we were on the trip. They, they get a gift every time they go on a trip with me. That's like their payment. Yes. And yeah, they get to pick cool. their gift. And so he wanted the history of farm equipment book. It's, you know, $25 book or something. So yes, yes. I ordered that for him. We got home three days ago. He hasn't put it down since. Wow. Yeah, and, just read like crazy mm-hmm. and they read what they want to read, but it always leads to something else. And it's always educational, you know, yep. like I wonder how they did that, you know? Yeah. Or even my five-year-old today, I've been doing podcasts all morning and we were home alone. He goes, well, I don't want to be loud watching TV mom. So I'll just do reading eggs on my, um, tablet. See, that's great. Okay, great. I thought that was wonderful because he's my kid who refuses to learn his letters. He only wants to do math. So he volunteered to do letters so that he could be quiet for me while I worked. (laughs) Isn't that great? He does sound like a winner. (laughs) Goodness gracious. He was just born. Like, I don't even take any of the credit for him. Like (laughs) he was just born like really special. And like everybody in the family feels the same way. And Yeah. um, yeah, yeah, you know, like it's a hard one. I don't, I obviously don't believe in reincarnation because, you know, but he was conceived in the same time frame that my dad passed or that my dad passed away. Yeah. And he was just born with these like mannerisms and calmness about him. That was, it's like talking to my dad sometimes. Wow. That is neat. Yeah. so So yeah. You know, whether it's, God knew I needed him or, you know, obviously not reincarnation, but like that, like the, his spirit, like not his spirit, but I don't even know how to describe it. Like like him. But, you know, it's really interesting because having, you know, the seven kids and and me, even my, my, I'm going to actually be grandmother this year in September. Congratulations. Thank you. So, um, yeah, this is going to be really weird, but, um, my name is going to be, be big mama, which that's kind of, I know, isn't that weird, but, (laughs) but my grandfather's mother name was great, was big mama. And so he's always said, I looked exactly like her and I don't really look like my dad. I don't really look like my mom. Um, and she was like, um, Greek. She was just like, um, she, she was a hundred percent Greek. And, and so I, I think that's really strange that I can look like her. And he was like, you just look exactly like her. And then that my kids look like their grandparents. There's, there's different mm-hmm. ones of grandparents that they look like. And the, the blue eyes, Scott and I don't have blue eyes and we've got two sparkling blue eyed kids. And wow. then there's mannerisms of, um, of my oldest son. That's just like my dad, which I didn't really grow up with him. I mean, I was around him some, but I, I don't know where, how he got these mannerisms because we're not really right. around him that much. And I was never around him growing up. And so I don't know. It's, it's so strange. But one that got me on that one is my dad always pointed like that, oh, like, wow. you know, it's like flipping someone off for my <laughs> listeners who can't see there it you he, go. Points, he points with his middle he pointed with his yeah. middle finger yeah <clears throat> so obviously no one in our house is doing that no yeah and that's how he points that's crazy and he that's started crazy. at it like three years old and I was just like this is weird I know that would have been I would have gotten chills on that one yeah we were like we were actually driving through um a game refuge and he saw a buck he's all look at that buck over there <laughs> like pointed with his finger like that. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it was weird for me. But then he, he makes comments like, um, when I worked on the docks after I left Tennessee and I'm like, what? That is weird. Now that's real. That's the one that got me. And I was like, when did you work on the docks? That's and really he's like, strange. He's like, after Tennessee, come on. <laughs> okay. Okay. My that dad owns my dad owns shipyards. Wow. Wow. That's my dad. I'm, my dad had a really interesting story. He ran away from Tennessee with his dad. Uh, well, he left his dad when he was 13 or 14. Wow. And hitchhiked to California to where his mom was oh. and got a job working in shipyards. And by the time I was born, he owned four shipyards. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of one of those really neat stories. But then for my son to make those little comments once in a while, I'm like, you know, we did. Maybe maybe y'all talked about it and he picked up on it or something. I don't know. Yeah. It always always kind of weirds us out, but he's very 
like I said, his personality is very, um, he's calm. My dad was always really calm. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of stoic and you just handle things a certain way. And that is so cool. Yeah. I don't know, but like I said, I just, I have that comfort with him because he just, that. yeah. Yeah. Wow. The docs thing breaks me. That's for sure. And then he said something about a guy at the docs and I was like, who was it? He's all Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I need to talk to your older siblings about what they watch when they're home alone with you. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Oh, yeah. Who knows? But it's still, it definitely like the way he like said it in succession like that, it freaked us out. So yeah, that would be freaking me out too. Oh, wow. (laughs) But But that is one though, is um, myself and all of my boys have gray eyes. Yeah. And my dad had gray eyes. Oh, that's so neat. And that's one that like my husband, my husband has dark brown hair and brown eyes. And that's the dominant trait. And that's what I don't really understand how, you know, but I guess that if you've got a strong recessive gene and both of us do, um, Mm -hmm. then you can have that beautiful crystal blue eye. Yeah. um, You know, it's, it's fun to think about. And I have five left-handed kids. Wow. See, I'm the only lefty in the whole family. Yeah. In that, in that, and, and we all, there's a difference in, in personality and in the, in how you, how you think there really, really is. Cause mm-hmm. I've been able to test it and the right-handers are totally right-handed and they do not understand left-handers. I mean, they're just yeah. like, I, I just don't understand this. So, um, and, you know, I find with me, there's a lot of things that like the way my brain works, Yeah, I'll yeah. say things to people and they don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, yeah. That just seems so bizarre, but well, just like, that seems so normal. That's just how I do it. Oh yeah. 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 Like the way I think of things and the way I like visualize them and stuff. And yeah, they're like, no. And I'm like, not the same. (laughs) Well, it works for me. So I'm going to roll with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we do, all of my lefties do think very much alike. So um, there's something to that. Huh. That's well, that's yeah. good to know that I'm not the only weirdo. So you know. uh, no, no, no. <laughs> they sit us at, at different tables too. I was talking to my daughter about the ACT and she's like, well, they're going to sit me in, you know, the front or the back um, because I am left-handed and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And when I took the, the bar exam, we were all on the very front desk and I'm like, why do we have to all be together? But I think that the paper, the way it's turned or something, maybe it's easier to cheat or something. I don't really know. That, or maybe you're not distracting other people by bumping them or something. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there has been a complaint. You know, those terrible. I don't know. Because I mean, I took the SATs and I didn't sit anywhere special because I was left-handed. I so. don't remember that either. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Was I, I do know I'm thankful that my husband's right-handed so he can teach all of our right-handed kids how to shoot because I can't yeah. figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And how to tie shoes. And um, how to do just about everything because I do everything backwards. And even mm-hmm. with the way we serve food in our house, I do it the the wrong way. It's not clockwise; it's counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. I just or it, things it, like I know my left from my right, and I know. Yeah. I mean, I'm really good out in the woods. I know my north, south, east, west yeah. really well. Yeah. But if we're driving, like I have to point what direction I want my husband to turn. Because if I'm like, quick, take a left, I definitely mean right. <laughs> my father-in-law's like that I don't I don't know there's something I don't know it's kind of weird <laughs> it, it's well weird. goodness this has been a fun chat like I don't even know that I I completely hit on the questions I had <laughs> but I loved it because it was just so think outside the box and inspirational like it's just been really great um we are getting towards the end of our time do you want to let everyone know where they can find you well, my website's probably the best place to find me, and it is stacylynharris.com with one I and one N. And um, all social media, same thing, is Stacy Lynn Harris. So um, those are probably the best places, and you can find out what I'm doing and watch that. And I'll be sure to link all of that. What now? I said, I'll be sure and link all that. Oh, thank you. And um, right now, the Fisherman's Network, I believe, um, is showing the show that was on the Outdoor Channel. And it's also on Sportsman Channel, I think. Mm -hmm. You can watch the show. And it's called The Sporting Chef. So you can watch that. Um, Yeah. And then, um, 
Yeah. So you can find out everything that I'm going to do and, and where I'm going to be and where my book signings will be next year and all that right from there. So subscribe to the newsletter and I'll send one or two out a week and, you know, usually share a recipe or I might, I, I'm going to write up my trip to California. It was really, really great. And so I was going to oh. show pictures and tell people, you know, where to, where to go eat and, and, you know, my favorite places and all of that. And so if somebody wants to take a trip out there, you know, they'll just. Oh, exciting. I'll have to look at that one myself. Yeah, it'll be fun. See if you hit any of my favorite haunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. So um, I'll be putting that up. So yeah. Oh, exciting. Well, um, my favorite question to ask all my guests is what does keep growing mean to you? Oh gosh, keep growing. That's an interesting one. Um, I think for me, it, it, it means just taking new challenges. And last year, last summer, I um, worked in Alaska. I did, I was a chef in a kitchen and I had, it was kind of crazy, but, you know, I've never worked in a kitchen before. And I, and everybody was like, yes, chef, yes, chef. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really weird. And, you know, there were eight people, you know, under me and it was on an Island there. And just to keep doing things that are not comfortable. Um, and so that's to me, I guess what keep growing would mean. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I am excited for this one to air because I think it's just what everybody needs to hear right now. And um, I'm excited. (laughs) I look forward to talking again soon. Me too. How fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education. And I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at The Homestead Education and Instagram at homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at the homesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing!